Welcome to the Hope City Church Podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Amen, amen, amen. If you have your Bible, open it with me to Luke chapter 6 is where we're going to start. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Luke is the third gospel. Luke chapter 6, and we're going to pick up in the middle-ish of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. This is Jesus' first message that he spoke, and um, he came out, and he had a lot of good things to say. And you know, I was thinking about this morning. If this was the first message that Jesus preached, you know that he probably put some intention and some thought into what do I want to say? What's most important for me to convey and to get across on my first message to people? So it's good to go back and read the Word of God. Obviously, you need to hide the Word of God in your heart. But it's good to think about things like this was Jesus' first message, and so he probably had some things that right off the bat he wanted to say, right? Are you all just thinking about hot dogs already this morning? Is your mind on cotton candy? No, no. Let's put our minds on Jesus. Let's turn our eyes upon Jesus. Let's look full into his wonderful face. Let's just focus on him for a few minutes. Let's let him do what only he can do today, amen? I don't know about you, but I'm expecting God to move today. I'm expecting to hear his voice. I'm expecting to see him work and move. I'm expecting chains to be broken off. I'm expecting blind eyes to be open. I'm expecting hurts and wounds to be healed. I'm expecting marriages to be restored. I'm expecting all kinds of things that only Jesus can do to happen today. Can I hear an amen? amen. So Luke chapter 6, we're in the middle of Jesus' sermon that we call the Sermon on the Mount. And he's talking about some things that are clearly important to him. And so in Luke chapter 6, and we're going to start in verse 27, Jesus is speaking and he says, uh, But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. That's great, isn't it? (laughs) Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. Is somebody convicted already this morning in here? We could just stop here and have church on these three lines. (laughs) Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If somebody slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt as well. Give to anyone who asks, and when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Verse 31, he caps it off and he says, Do to others as you would like them to do to you. Somewhere along the line through the annals of history, we have determined that this is called the golden rule. See, you all know it. And we we learn it in school. Uh, Little little Bobby, do treat other people the way that you would treat them. Okay, I will. (laughs) I'm so excited. The golden rule, treat other people the way that you want to treat them. Now, obviously, in these preceding verses, Jesus isn't talking about, like, he's, he's saying, hey, this happens, so do this. And obviously, his examples aren't how he wants to be treated, but he says, if this is what somebody does to you, then you need to learn to treat other people the way that you want to be treated yourself. And what he's talking about, ultimately, is sowing and reaping. 
And today we're going to talk for a few minutes about sowing and reaping. And most times when you talk about sowing and reaping, it usually in church, sadly, has the connotation to do with money. But sowing and reaping is in every area of your life. You cannot get away from the fact that sowing and reaping is a very real, practical truth. And we're going to look at a scripture here in a minute that talks about it. But we're talking about sowing and reaping. I'm going to call today's message, I've got two titles. You can pick whatever one you want, okay? The first one is, what's in your crop? What's in your crop? The other one is, what are you planting? What are you planting? And it's different sides of the same coin, really. One has to do with the harvest. You can look at your crop and say, well, here's my crop. The other one is, what are you planting? What are you putting in the ground? See, we live in a day and age where people are heavily focused on the harvest. They're really interested in what they get. What is this going to do for me? What does this give me? How does this make me feel? What about me? But people have forgotten that in, in order to have a harvest, things have to be sown. Because eventually what happens is you keep harvesting, you keep harvesting, you keep harvesting, but you're never sowing anything. Well, one day, there's going to be no harvest. So for the cycle to continue, it's a cycle of sowing and reaping, sowing and reaping, sowing and reaping. And what happens in your life is whatever you sow is what you reap. Let's go look at a scripture. Let's go to Galatians chapter 6. Paul is talking to the church in Galatians. And we're going to look at this together. And we're going to read this in two translations, but we're going to read it first in the New Living, and then in a couple minutes we're going to go look at it at the, uh, in the New King James translation. What I love about the Word of God is that so often there are natural principles that illustrate spiritual truths. You know what I'm saying? There's natural principles in life that you can look at and they help you understand the spiritual truth. So sowing and reaping, what I love is things like sowing and reaping, we have natural, listen, we live in the Fraser Valley, most of us. And so if we don't understand sowing and reaping, you've gone through life with your eyes closed. You've plugged your nose, you don't smell for half the year, you don't ask what that smell is, you don't see those tractors driving around spraying that brown, muddy water. Oh, weird, that water's brown. That's not normal, is it? I don't want to drink of that. Pat and Margaret, Jen's parents live like in the country out in Chilliwack, and some days you're out there and there's fields everywhere and you see them driving around in these big tractors just spraying this slick, brown liquid just all over it is disgusting i'm just trying to give you a mental picture so you really understand sowing and reaping do you have it because we could talk more now where this stuff comes from <laughs> we're going to keep going we should understand sowing and reaping because we live in the fraser valley and so a lot of our economy is based on people who sow and people who reap and so a lot of times the way the Lord designed things is that you can look around through nature 
and watch and see natural practices take place, natural laws take place to illustrate spiritual truths. And so sowing and reaping is a very real thing that you can sow naturally, but you also sow spiritually. And I want, as I'm talking about this today, I want you to think about this thought. What are you sowing in life? In every area, in your thoughts, in your relationships, in your finances, in your body, in your emotions, what are you sowing? Because as Galatians 6 says, let's look at this right now, it says Galatians chapter 6, and in verse 7 it says, don't be, just lead, uh, don't be misled, you can't mock the justice of God, and then I love how the New Living says this, you will always harvest what you plant. There's no getting around it. There has never, ever been a time in history where somebody planted one kind of seed and was uh, uh, stunned when something came up. I'm planting an apple tree seed, and then the apple tree came up, and they're like, oh, it's an apple tree. No, you plant a seed, and you know that you're going to get a harvest of an apple tree, right? Right? Whatever you plant in the ground, whatever you sow is what you will reap. So in your relationships, if you are sowing anger and bitterness and frustration and you're sowing rudeness, people don't like rude people. Can we just be real about that? And if you're sowing those things, what do you think you're going to harvest? Anger from other people? Bitterness from other people? hatred from other people, rudeness. And then, aren't we always surprised when people treat us that way? Oh, that person was so rude to me. What you sow, you will always, he says, harvest. So in your life, what are you sowing? In your thoughts, what are you sowing? When your spouse comes to you and talks to you and says, I want to do this or that or the other, and it makes you mad, you're smart enough you don't say it out loud, but in your mind, you can't control my thoughts. You can't see that. But here's the thing. You will always harvest what you've sown. Man. Wouldn't it be great to be a generation of people that were harvesting things right out of this word of God? That our lives look, wouldn't you love your life to look like Jesus' life? <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm really surprised nobody was more emphatic about their life looking like Jesus. Huh? I would love I would love my life to look like the life of Jesus. I would love to sow things. I would love to sow love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. <gasps> and then reap all those things because I'm sowing those seeds. And you will always, what I love about the new living is it's so emphatic. You will always harvest this. It's definitive. There's no question about it. There's not a, well, you might. I mean, you could, you could sow some hatred, but you might, reap, you might reap love. No, you're not gonna. You will always harvest what you have sown. 
Let's look at some verses real quick. Hold your place in Galatians because we're going to come back here. But let's go look in Genesis. If you want to know how something starts, you got to go to the beginning, don't you? Mm-hmm. Genesis chapter 1 is where we're going to start because that's, uh, that's the beginning as far as I understand. And I don't think I'm wrong about that. Genesis chapter 1, and we're going to look at verse 11. This is almost the beginning of the beginning. Genesis chapter 1, verse 11 says, Then God said, Let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed-bearing plant and trees grow seed-bearing fruit. These seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and trees from which they came. And this is what happened. In case you're wondering, this is what happened. The land produced vegetation, all sorts of seed-bearing plants and trees with seed-bearing fruit. Their seeds produced plants and trees of the same kind. Let's look in verse 20. In 21, same chapter. Then God said, let the waters swarm with fish and other life. Let the skies be filled with birds and every kind. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that scurries um, and swarms in the water. Every living thing that scurries and swarms in the water. I don't like the sound of that. (laughs) If we're being real, that seems a little creepy and it makes me want to not go in the water. And God saw that it was good. Then God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful, multiply, let the fish fill the seas, and let the birds multiply of the air on the earth. We see here in these verses that God said, Everything is going to reproduce after its own kind. There's never a time where a human and another human got together and had sex and produced something that wasn't another human being. Oh my gosh, it's a tomato! How did that happen? Do we eat it? Do we we raise this thing? What do we do with this? I don't know what to do. There's never been a time when a seed produced something else other than what it was. Every seed bears its own fruit. So whatever you're sowing, you are going to reap. We need to be people that are sowing in the Spirit. We need to be people that are so full of the Spirit of God that we're walking in the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, our relationships, our emotions. Dear God, our emotions. Let's talk about walking in the Spirit. Let's talk about keeping our emotions in check. Let's talk about not just speaking our truth and acting how we want to act and saying, well, I just have to act this out. I just have to do this right now. You don't. You don't. Yeah, you don't. You don't. Listen, I'm a little older than some of you in the room. And so we came from a generation where you just, sometimes you just shut up. <laughs> Josiah, it's true, man. Like sometimes we just had to shut up. We, we couldn't say, we, dear God, we couldn't say everything we thought. We didn't have to express every emotion we felt because not everything we say and not everything we feel is actually true or accurate. Right? (laughs) So every seed reproduces after its own kind. Go to Genesis chapter 8. Let's look at this real quick. Genesis chapter 8, verse 21 This is after the flood, and the boat has docked 
and all the peoples have come out, all the animals have come out. Noah, in verse 20, builds an altar to the Lord, and he sacrificed the burnt offerings, the animals. Verse 21 says, And the Lord was pleased with the aroma of the sacrifice and said to himself, this is the Lord talking to himself, and he says, I will never again curse the ground because of the human race. Even though everything they think or imagine is bent toward evil from childhood, I will never again destroy all living things. Verse 22 says, as long as the earth remains, does the earth still remain? We are here on the earth, correct? Round, flat, square, cubic, whatever you think the earth is made of, we are on the earth. As long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest. New King James says, seed time and harvest. Cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. There are things that God put in order that will always be here until the earth is gone. I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know how the earth is going to end per se, but I do know this. Until that day comes, there are some spiritual truth and some natural truth that God enacted. One of them is seed time and harvest, and it means whatever you sow, you are going to reap. What are you sowing in your life? What are you planting in the field of your life? What are you planting in the field of your relationships, in the field of your mind, in your thoughts? What are you planting in your body? What are you planting? What are you harvesting? What are you finding as you go out into the field? And you say, well, it's harvest time. Let's go inspect the fruit of the seeds that I've been planting and go take a walk through those fields. And as you begin to pull the seeds up and you begin to pull the plants up, what are you finding? What are you harvesting? Are you harvesting things that are after God's heart? Are you harvesting things that are in the nature of the Spirit of God? Or are you harvesting things that are after your own flesh? You know, a little fruit inspection is a good thing. Every farmer worth his salt will go out and inspect the crops as they're growing. Go check on things. Go make sure they're growing right. Go make sure there's things that haven't got into the field that shouldn't be there, that are contaminating the seeds that have been planted in the ground and are growing. It's okay once in a while. In fact, often you should go back into your own life and examine your relationships. Examine your own hearts. Examine the thoughts that you allow to come into your mind. Examine the thoughts that you allow to stay in your mind and make a home in your heart and begin to say, do these things line up with the word of God? You with me? Guys, hang on. We've only got like 10 minutes left. Just hang on. Just hang on. Buckle up. Seed time and harvest is an unending cycle in your life. Listen, I know that this is a very, very simple message. But I also know that it, it's one that has incredibly wide um, reach and it doesn't just go to one area of our life it literally affects every area of our life how you talk to people how you treat people how you treat yourself 
how you treat your spouse, how you treat your kids, how you treat your finances, how you treat your body. And if we're not aware that everything we do is sowing some kind of seed that we'll harvest, we'll walk blindly through life, harvesting bad things in our life, unsure of why it's happening. Why am I getting this in my life? Why am I, why am I encountering such hostility from people? Why am I encountering such hatred? Why are people so rude to me? Why, why don't my finances line up to the way the Word of God says? Why isn't my body ever healed and healthy? Why am I always sick? Why am I always dealing with this? Maybe you need to examine the seeds that you're sowing in your life. And a lot of those times, those seeds come back to things that you've spoken and said. A lot of our seeds we're planting come out of our mouth. Because they're things that you believe and you begin to talk about them. And as you talk about those things, they go into some kind of ground, some spiritual ground of your life and begin to grow up and produce the fruit of what you've talked about. You ever stop and wonder what your life would look like if you only said things that the Word of God says? Like, I mean, I'm not talking about like, oh, I can't go to McDonald's and order food because McDonald's isn't in the Bible. So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you're talking about life issues. You ever wonder what your life would look like if you began to say what the Word of God says about you in your situations? If you began to talk about your marriage the way the Word of God talks about marriage, if you began to talk about your mind the way that the Word of God talks about your mind, or your body, or relationships, or your kids, if you began to say, this is what the Word of God says about these things, do you ever wonder, have you, I'm really, I'm asking, like, have you ever wondered what your life would look like? I imagine it would look a lot different than most of our lives look. I think a lot of us get caught up in the emotions of our day, in the emotions and the struggles of our situation, and we get overwhelmed with what we're dealing with and what we're facing, and we begin to plant seeds that are not the kind of seeds that the Lord once planted. And it always amazes me that we're still surprised when these plants grow up and they're not plants we want. I don't want this in my life. How did this get here? Why does my body look like this? Why do my finances look like this? Why does my marriage look like this? Why do my kids act like this? Well, maybe if you quit calling your kid rug rat all the time or you quit telling your kid he was worthless or quit yelling at your kid Quit making your kid feel like he's a piece of trash. Then you'd have a different kid in front of you. Maybe if you began to talk to your child the way the Lord talks about your children. Maybe if you begin to say, my child is blessed of the Lord. My child has a purpose. That's, ama that's an amazing mud pie, you know? I don't think anybody could make a creative mud pie as well as you did. Just, I just love you and that mud pie. I just love that, this wonderful mess that you made over here. It's just wonderful. You're so creative. I love, let's learn how to clean the mess up now. That's part of the process too. Let's grow in responsibility. 
Let's go back to Galatians chapter 6, and let's read this in the New King James, and then we'll finish up here. Real simple, guys, real simple, but really far-reaching. And as I was getting ready for today, I just kept hearing the phrase in my heart that the Lord, let me back up. Whenever I get ready to preach, I always ask the Lord, what do you want to say? What do you want to say to your people? What do you want to say to your church? And so the phrase that I kept hearing in my heart was this one in the New King James. Whatever a man sows, that's what he's going to reap. And I feel like there's a lot of people that are so confused about the harvests that they're reaping. And the Lord says, don't be so confused about the harvest you're reaping when you're planting seeds you shouldn't be planting. Whatever a man sows, that's what he's going to reap. So here in the New King James, in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, it says, Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. Now let me, let's break this down. These three things. These three words are real important. Whatever sows and reaps. Now listen, I tried to get like some really in-depth, deep, like theologically sound Greek, because this is the New Testament word for what whatever means. It's just, it's not possible. There is, there's, there's no deep word for whatever. Literally, I, I'm sorry to say this. I, I, I even tried to go to Webster's, like Merriam-Webster's 1828 dictionary, like the real good one, like the one that still has like a spiritual foundation. Listen, listen, listen to this. Literally the word whatever, this is what it means. And this is the best definition I could get. Definition of whatever based on Merriam-Webster, because Greek was like, yeah, it means whatever. <laughs> Why are you looking this word up? It's basically what Strong said to me, like, duh. <laughs> Says, definition of whatever. Here we go. If you're, if you're taking notes, write this down. Definition of whatever. Anything or everything, no matter what. That's the definition of whatever. One more time, I know it's very complicated, in the Greek word, it says anything or everything, no matter what. So when the Bible says, whatever a man sows, whatever you're sowing, whatever you're sowing, it doesn't matter anything, no matter what, whatever you're sowing, the principles that we've looked at that God said in Genesis chapter 8, he said from, this was after the flood, so the flood had come and gone, this is the new covenant, this is the new promise, and God says, I'll never destroy the earth again, these things are going to remain. What is one of the things that's going to remain? Seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest are going to remain until the earth ends, and so then he says here that whatever you sow, meaning whatever, whatever you sow, you're going to reap. What are you planting in the fields of your life, in the fields of your mind? What are you planting, dear Lord, in your heart? Proverbs talks about how the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Your heart is who you are. Be careful about what you plant inside there because whatever you plant in your heart, anger, hurts, frustrations, wounds. If you plant those things in there, you are going to reap the harvest of those things. Whatever a man sows. Hmm, sows as well. I also tried to find a really good definition for this. 
There's three definitions. Uh, Definition of sow is to plant seed for growth, especially by scattering, to set something in motion, or this one is to introduce into a selected environment, which I kind of like that one. Whatever you choose to introduce into a selected environment, you will reap a harvest of. The word reap simply means obtain. Guys, this is so simple. But sometimes we try and make, we try and make the gospel really heady and really hard and complicated to understand. But there are some basic truths that we need to understand as the people of God so that we can be lights into the world. We don't want to be super complicated so that when people look at us and they're like, how did you get to where you are? How, what's happening in your life? We don't want to say, well, I can't really talk to you about it. It's very complicated. Sorry. The message of the cross is not one of deep theological understanding. Yes, there's a lot of deepness and theological issues wrapped up in it, but the very essence of what it is, the message is this. God loved you so much, he sent Jesus to die to make a way for you to go back home to heaven when you die and to be in his presence. And one of these truths that we're looking at today is that Whatever you sow in your life, Sophia, whatever it is, your words, your actions, your thoughts, your deeds, your finances, whatever you sow, whatever that looks like, clearly that word whatever means whatever, whatever. You get to pick what the whatever you're sowing today in the field of your life is. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap that. My question today for you is this. Are you satisfied with the harvest that you are reaping in your life? Let me ask you this way. Is it a harvest that you would be proud to give to our Father? I'm out in the field working, driving my tractor around. I got to drive a tractor. My grandpa had a cattle farm when I was like 15, 16, 17. And I used to go down to the farm and drive his tractor around down to Oklahoma. It was like one of the best times in my life. So we had like a Walkman. I put my tape in. I put my CD in this Discman and drive around with it sitting on my knee get out in that field and you drive, you're doing farmery type things, you get a harvest, you reap your harvest, would you be proud to take the harvest that you are reaping from your life to him and say, this is for you. Here's my offering to you. Here is the fruit of my life. I give this to you. Are you satisfied with the harvest in your life? What are you planting? What are you sowing? What are you sowing in your marriage? What are you sowing to your husband? What are you sowing to your wife? What are you sowing in your thoughts? In every area of your life, this touches. As you drive home today, I want you to begin to think about all the things that you probably unknowingly are sowing seed in. And here's my hope and my prayer, that our eyes begin to become open to the fact that we are constantly sowing seed. 
And as we constantly sowing seed, we will constantly be reading a, reaping a harvest. But are we satisfied with that harvest? Is it a harvest that we can be proud to give to the Lord? Stand up with me. Yes, come on. Um, really good message. Uh, I was actually supposed to preach today. Um, Jake was a champ, and he preached last minute for me. Um, and I was curious, actually, when I was leading worship, what he'd preach on, because I knew what I had been carrying in my heart, and it was similar, actually. So it tells me that the Spirit of God really had a specific word, although he might say it's simple. This is the Spirit of God speaking to us today. I felt prompted to speak out of Genesis 1 about how the, wor the worlds were framed by the Word of God and about how the Lord has been speaking to us, whether it was about Thanksgiving or complaining or about brain damage. If you were here, I feel like I'm ever going to be known as the girl that preached about brain damage. Um, it's that God is teaching us to be mindful and intentional about what we are saying, what we are thinking, what we are speaking. So just as the worlds were framed by the word of God, you know, when God spoke light, there was when God wanted the, you know, the birds of the air and, and the fish in the sea to be created, what did he, he spoke them into existence? And we're created in the image of God, and so we have words, amen? We have language that can speak things into existence. There's a, thing, there's a reason why we're singing that God is good. We're not singing songs in this church that God is bad. That would be weird, and I hope people would walk out the door right away if we were singing about that, you know? We sing, we sing these songs that God is good. We sing these songs that God is great. We sing these songs that God is faithful. And then we walk out the door and we get into our soul and we get out of the spirit and we're like, oh, maybe God isn't good. Maybe God isn't faithful. Maybe God isn't good to me. Maybe we say things to ourselves like, I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not worthy. Nobody likes me. Why do they have friends? Why don't I have friends? These are all the little things about sowing and reaping that we begin to sow into our own lives that begin to frame the world that we walk in. And I felt prompted by the Spirit of God to add to what Pastor Jake was saying today is, um, is what, what future do we want to walk in? Because the words that we are speaking today is the future tomorrow that we are going to walk in. Parents, the words that we are speaking in our house is the future that our children are going to walk in. And this isn't to bring shame or condemnation. And then the other thing that I was hearing was that when he was speaking, I was, I was hearing people saying, like, oh, no, like, I've sown this, I've sown that. Like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to reap all these bad things in our life. But it can change today just through repentance, yeah. right? That's the other side of the message is there's repentance and just say, you know what, Lord, forgive me. For, for speaking the wrong things. Forgive me for sowing things that weren't of your spirit. God, would you forgive me? And Holy Spirit, would you just burn inside my heart just to put a, something on my mouth before I say it or just convict my mind when I have those thoughts that just exalt themselves against the name of Jesus? We need to become people that are less of feeling and people more of seeing and speaking what we're seeing in the word of God. Amen. You're going to have days that you're feeling depressed. I get it. And then we're going to have to look at the word of God and say, you know what? The word of God speaks louder than what I'm feeling. And Nehemiah 8.10 says, do not sorrow, Jenny, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. It also says that the Lord is the health of my countenance. So I, true, I choose to look at the word of God over what I am feeling. 
You know what? It's good to talk about our feelings, but then we've got to move on. We've got to move on and take hold of the word of God and and speak the word like it's true because the more we speak it, the more we're going to believe it. And when we believe it, we're going to begin to say it and we're going to begin to walk in it. The world, we're framed by the word of God. And so our lives, Hope City, are, 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 um, <laughs> our lives are the evidence of what we are speaking, what we are thinking, what we are believing. Um, so I believe that this was a word in due season. This wasn't a simple message. This wasn't a simple message at all, that this was a word by the spirit of God where you know, the Lord's saying to our church, you know what, be thankful, church. Don't be complaining. Church, be speaking the word of God. Church, don't, Steve spoke at that five, or, you know, the five for five, you know, don't walk as fools, but walk as wise, understanding what the Lord, or the will of the Lord is. Church, the spirit of God is saying to us, he's saying to the body of Christ, it's time to walk with intentionality. Walk with intentionality. And, um, and to, so that we can help see his kingdom come. Amen. So thank you, thank you. for speaking the word of the Lord today. Amen. Thank God for his word. Uh, I want to do, I want to pray. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.